What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. Hey, we're not insiders here. We're just Rams fans that love talking about our L.A. Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Episode 213 of Rams Up. Well, I've had a chance to sleep on this Rams-Chargers preseason game, a day to think about it, and done a little reading as well. There seems to be two camps out there among Ram fans. One camp, gloom and doom. This team is going nowhere. It is in a sorry state. One of the worst rosters in the league. What are we going to do Let's go get Caleb Williams. And then there's another camp that's, hey, this is just a preseason game. Rams are trying to figure out who can tackle and who can block. Not doing anything fancy on offense or defense. Kind of what they've done in years past, actually, during the preseason. Evaluate, evaluate, evaluate. Do not overreact. Let's see how we look on opening day against the Seahawks. And I'm kind of in between. I was hoping for a better performance. You wait months to see your team back on the field. A bunch of rookies out there. A bunch of young guys. Guys coming back from injury. Let's see what we got. Let's get this train rolling. And it's more or less a dud. Although there were some bright spots. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. We're going to do our whose stock is up and whose stock is down. And actually... I got more to list in the former category than the latter, as hard as that is to believe after a 34-17 to loss. But there were a lot of good things. There were a lot of things I liked. Saw some good things from our L.A. Rams. And hey, you know, call it the Battle of L.A. Sure enough, go for it. Chargers win. It's the pinnacle of the Chargers franchise. They have beaten the Rams in the preseason. And I say that because I watched a lot of the Chargers broadcast of this game, and it was fairly comical at times. We're also going to revisit those six things I wanted to see coming into this game. Posted that on the YouTube channel before the game. I rehashed it after the game. I'll get back to that one more time in case you missed the video. And we'll wrap things up here at the end with some Ram ruminations and a short loop around the league. NFL news and notes that Ram fans should care about. And I get it. A lot of you are disappointed. A lot of you think that this is just further proof that the Rams are going to crash and burn this year, position themselves for next year. But just remember, each of these NFL teams have a different culture. They have a different approach to the preseason. They're all in a different place, in a different space. And the Rams clearly aren't in a place where they care about putting up a W in a preseason game. And the Chargers, I think they did. I think they really wanted a W here. And good for them. I have no problem with that. Don't forget what happened to the Chargers last time they were on the field. I think they needed a bounce back win, even if it was the preseason. I also saw a statistic. Teams that 
don't start their quarterback in the first preseason game went, I think it was three wins and eight losses on opening day last year. But the Rams can't put Matthew Stafford out there. They have to sort through this offensive line. They got to make sure they have the five best guys out there. I don't want Matthew Stafford out there unless Rob Havenstein's out there too. And we have these other four spots solidified. That's just where the Rams are at this point. They have to figure that out first. And hey, if they don't have it figured out until opening day against Seattle, that's when I want to see Matthew Stafford. So whose stock is up and whose stock is down after one preseason game? I'll go through whose stock is up. This is modified from what I shared on the YouTube channel right after the game. Had some time to think about this. In no particular order, how about number one, Puka Nakua had that touchdown catch at the goal line, had another big first down pickup. He just passes the eye test as an NFL wide receiver, doesn't he? I know people say he reminds them of Robert Woods. He reminds me a lot of Cooper Cup as well. A prototypical Sean McVay wide receiver. This guy definitely has a future in the NFL What a great draft pick by the Rams. Stock up on another wide receiver, Tyler Johnson. Now, we get overly excited about wide receivers in the preseason sometime. Last year, it was Lance McCutcheon. Everybody thought he had a great future in the NFL. Maybe he does, not writing him off completely. But based on one preseason game this year, Tyler Johnson really looks like the front runner for that last wide receiver spot on this roster. Now, what the thing you have to consider is Stetson Bennett and Tyler Johnson hooking up a lot. Maybe that's what happens in practice, and and maybe they're just in sync really well. Lance McCutcheon did have a couple of catches in the game as well and looked good. A couple of underthrown balls by Stetson Bennett, actually. But Tyler Johnson, Rams leading receiver in this game, so his stock is definitely up. How about Ethan Evans, the punter? Does he look like the real deal man. I'll talk about him in a little bit when we revisit our six things we wanted to see in this game. One of those being our rookie special team squad. But Ethan Evans, man, boom and punts when we needed him to boom punts and pin the Chargers back a couple of times as well. I feel very good about our punter situation. The fourth guy whose stock is up is the safety Tanner Engel. Talked a little bit about him before the game, and I wanted to see some of these young safeties, if anybody steps up and stands out. And in my opinion, it was Tanner Engel. You look at the tape on him from college, and he is a force against the run. Had a big run stop in this game, also had a sack. Tanner Engel might be ahead of Quindell Johnson, Rashad Torrance, and Richard LeCount right now. That's just my gut feeling. Now, the offensive line, interesting situation. I know some pro football focus grades came out and were posted online. I thought Alaric Jackson played well, and I thought Logan Bruss played poorly. We'll talk about that a little bit more. I think Warren McClendon struggled a little bit, and I thought Mike McAllister played well. And then I saw these grades, and according to pro football focus, The top two offensive linemen were Tremaine Ankrum and Zach Thomas. And hey, Zach Thomas did look good. Andrew Whitworth called him out at least once. Steve Avila was really good in pass blocking. But 
If you go by the grades and my gut feeling watching this game, the one guy whose stock has to be up is Tremaine Ancrum. Started at right guard, played a lot there. Is he going to hang on to that spot? That probably depends a lot on what they do with Joseph Nopum and his salary. But stock is definitely up on Tremaine Ancrum. And right back to the offensive line, Zach Thomas, as I mentioned, had a really good game. And I think he's going to make this roster. Who else? The stock is up. Trey Tomlinson came out of the gate full steam ahead, made a couple of big plays. He's an impact cornerback, still concerned about his size. And if there was anything that was going to hold him back, that's the only thing that's going to hold him back. The TCU star. And by the way, did Georgia and TCU show up in this game or what? But Trey Tomlinson made a couple big plays. He's going to be on this roster for sure, and he's going to be in the rotation, no doubt about it. And you know who else the stock is up? I'm going to take the running back group as a whole. The Rams apparently are really excited about Ronnie Rivers. Royce Freeman looks like a great addition, a big back. Thought we've needed that for a couple years. And Zach Evans passing the eye test as well. I'm really excited about him. I wish he had gotten more carries. And then, of course, we have Cam Akers. A lot of people don't think much about the Rams' running back room. I think it's really well-balanced and really deep. be interesting to see how many they're going to carry, though. That's the only remaining question. Now, whose stock is down? I got three things for you, three items, and I don't think I'm going to get any disagreement on this. One is Logan Brass. And again, he's a guy we're going to talk about in our Six things we wanted to see. He was one of the things I wanted to see, and I was quite disappointed. But as I talk about in a second here, let's not give up on Logan Breast just quite yet. I think we should cut him some slack. Given the injury he is coming back from, hopefully the Rams don't give up on him a third-round pick. I don't think they will. The second thing, stock is down the pass rush. Here, Thomas notched one and a half sacks. Daniel Hardy picked up half a sack. Tanner Ingle picked up a sack. But early in the game, you know, Byron Young got some pressure on the face mask call. Didn't see much from Nick Hampton, Michael Hoyt. A little bit of pressure on the first series, but much ado about nothing, really. I hope to see more next week out of that frontline group, those early draft picks especially, Byron Young, and Nick Hampton. And the last thing, stock is down on our rush defense. And you know, it's a group failure. It's not just our defensive line, our outside linebackers that were in the game for a couple of these big runs off the edge. The edge did not get sealed. But even aside from that, our interior defensive line wasn't really up to it, giving up over 200 yards, a 6.9 average per carry. So we need some help there. And maybe it's just a case of weeding out the guys that aren't cutting it. And Bears watching, a guy I'm still on the fence with, our kicker Tanner Brown, looked okay on kickoffs, made the one field goal, fine on extra points. I wish he had nailed that 46-yarder. I do not have a warm fuzzy on Tanner Brown yet, so we need to keep an eye on that. Hopefully he gets squared away by the opener. I don't want to go into that opener worrying about our field goal kicker. That is not something Ram fans are used to doing. Haven't done it in a long time. It's been a while. 
probably since the Sam Sloman era, as short as it was, that we've had to stress about field goals. Back in a second, we're going to revisit the six things I wanted to see in this game. Hi, this is Mariah from Rams Up. Don't forget to like and subscribe. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. Now, prior to the Chargers-Rams preseason game, I provided the six things that I was hoping to see in this game, the six things I was going to be paying special attention to I called it my viewer's guide, and I want to revisit all of them right here. The first thing I was interested in, can anyone get pressure off the edge? Mostly interested in Byron Young, Michael Hoyt, and Nick Hampton, and Daniel Hardy. And I can't say I was really happy with what I saw. Byron Young did get pressure and had a sack for a moment until they called that late flag for face masking. It was a face mask, but it was a good play by Byron Young nonetheless to get to the quarterback on that one. Did not see Nick Hampton generating much pressure, Michael Hoyt either. Daniel Hardy got to the quarterback late in the game, as did Keir Thomas. Thomas and Hardy shared one sack, and then Tanner Ingle, the undrafted free agent safety, he had a sack as well. So that bear is watching. Can the Rams generate pressure off the edge moving forward? Hopefully we'll see some progress from these guys moving forward. It could be a dilemma for the Rams generating pressure. It's early though. Let's give them some time. We'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. The second thing I wanted to see was, well, I was just really excited to see these three rookies, Stetson Bennett, Puka Nakua, and Zach Evans. And for the most part, I was happy with what I saw, especially Nakua. Three catches for 32 yards and one TD and limited action. He looks like the real deal. Had that one catch that converted a third down and another catch, a touchdown at the goal line. Stetson Bennett started out a little bit shaky at quarterback, but he settled down. He needs to he needs to stop hanging onto the ball and dancing around in the backfield. On the one hand, you love his ability to extend plays, but in the preseason, and I've been saying this for a couple years, I want a rookie quarterback to drop back and get rid of the ball. That's what you really want to see. If you have a design to run like the Chargers did for Max Dugan, whatever, congratulations. Your quarterback can run for a first down in a preseason game. I don't think it really gains you much other than hanging onto the ball for your offense if you want to see them a little bit more. But I'd much rather see a quarterback drop back and get rid of the ball. But Stetson seemed to struggle with that. But he did finish with a good night's work, 17 for 29 for 191 yards and one TD. There were many times where he got rid of the ball on schedule, on tempo, and he looked really good when he did that, throwing the ball early rather than late. I think that's the key for Stetson Bennett moving forward. And Zach Evans ended up being our leading rusher, eight rushes for 34 yards, pulled himself out of the game at one point. Not sure what was up with that, but he looked good. He passed the eye test as far as is he an NFL running back. Hopefully he gets more carries next week. What's the third thing I wanted to see? I was interested to see how our rookie safeties did. The drafted one, Jason Taylor, and the three undrafted ones, Quentin Johnson, 
Rashad Torrance, and Tanner Ingle, and the returning safety, Richard LeCount. LeCount had a bad penalty. Quentin Johnson had a tackle. The one that really stood out to me was Tanner Ingle, though. He made a couple really nice plays, including the sack. Rashad Torrance made his presence felt, almost made that play at the goal line. I want to see more from these guys, though. I think we're fine at safety. Just curious to see if any one of these guys are going to step up and add some serious depth to that unit. The fourth thing I wanted to see, well, this was a sad turn of events. Our defensive line holding up against the run, and it was a big D minus, possibly an F there. Now, I'm not sure what the makeup of this unit's going to look like come opening day. Obviously, Aaron Donald will be a big part of things. Bobby Brown will probably get more playing time. Turner, Copeland, Ernest Brown, and Jonah Williams will probably get more snaps as well. And in their defense, some of those runs came on the edge, and it was because our linebackers were not sealing the edge. Not really a defensive line failure, just a total team failure. I know Keir Thomas takes a hit for one of those, and Zach Van Valkenburg takes a hit for another. But it was not pretty defending the run. The Chargers finished with 214 yards rushing on a 6.9 average. Not pretty. But the biggest runs, if I remember correctly, came on those runs around the edge. The outside linebackers have to take the hit for that. The fifth thing I wanted to see was how Logan Bruss played. Like I've said many times over the past few weeks, I like our offensive line room. I think we have a lot of talent there. Just got to figure out who's starting where. It's not going to be a lights-out great offensive line, but I think it'll be pretty good. The one thing I didn't know is what kind of player Logan Press is, and he really struggled. Third-round pick from last year, got hurt in the preseason. My initial reaction was, this guy doesn't belong on this team. But with a day to sleep on it, let me say this. This guy is coming back from a serious injury. The mental part of his game probably isn't quite right yet, and possibly the physical part of it isn't quite right yet either. So let's pump the brakes on the ejecting Logan Bruss from this roster talk, and I'm guilty of that as much as anybody probably. Let's give him a couple more weeks. Let him start at right tackle next week once more. Warren McClendon played a little bit there last night, and I don't think he looked a whole lot better, to be honest with you. So we need to sort that out now. Speaking of the offensive line, it looks like a Lyric Jackson is settling in as our left tackle, perhaps. Steve Avila, the left guard. Where does that leave Joseph Noteboom? So maybe if this experiment doesn't work, Joseph Noteboom becomes our right guard and our first backup at right tackle. Or is it going to be Tremaine Ankrum at right guard? Or does Coleman Shulton play right guard if Brian Allen beats him out for the center spot. So there's a lot of possibilities. The Rams have a lot of flexibility here. I just have a hard time seeing Joseph Noteboom on his salary playing as a pure backup. That's why I think it's very possible he may end up as the right guard rather than Tremaine Ankrum. The sixth thing I was interested in seeing is our rookie special team squad, Alex Ward, the long snapper, Ethan Evans, the punter, and Tanner Brown, the kicker. And except for that one missed kick from 46 yards by Tanner Brown, it was a pretty good night for these guys. Ethan Evans, man, he looks like the real deal. Dare I say, a future pro bowler. He looks the part. 
After Davis had returned the one kick for a touchdown, Ethan Evans pretty much took the returners out of the game, kicking it to the sideline or kicking it into the end zone. Had the long kicks when we needed them and had a couple that pinned the Chargers back pretty well. Ethan Evans is a real deal. Jury's still out on Tanner Brown. Let's see how he does moving forward. I'd like to see him hit some 45-yarders before opening day. And the sad thing is, on the other side for the Chargers, Cameron Dicker, the kicker the Rams had in camp at one time, hitting a 50-yarder. So that's a rehash of the fearsome four, actually six, things I wanted to see in this game from a Rams perspective. We got some answers, perhaps, but there's still some question marks. We'll do this again for the Raider game coming up next Saturday. I'll post that in the Thursday pod, and we'll come back Friday night with another video like we did last week addressing the fearsome four things I want to see in the Ram Raider preseason game. going to wrap things up with my Ram ruminations and a real quick loop around the league. NFL news that Ram fans might be interested in. Andrew Whitworth had this to say. He wished Matthew Stafford had been included on Netflix quarterback series. What Whitworth was pointing out is that people have no idea how much pain Matthew Stafford was dealing with last year. And if they had seen that, If that had been exposed on this Netflix show, maybe there'd be a greater appreciation for Stafford and more appreciation for the challenges he faced last year and also maybe put a little bit greater stock in the Rams' potential this year, Stafford coming back so healthy. Leonard Floyd had something interesting to say, talking about all the depth the Bills have saying he had to do it all by himself with L.A. Now, at first glance, that sounds a little bit over the top from Floyd. But remember, he's talking strictly about depth, and he's got a point, actually. The guys playing behind him really didn't produce, so he might actually be right. I don't think he's talking about Aaron Donald and Ashawn Robinson and Greg Gaines and those guys, and certainly not Vaughn Miller. I think he's talking about the other outside linebackers that never really lived up to their potential playing alongside and behind Leonard Floyd. Guys like Terrell Lewis and Justin Hollins. It's very possible Jamal Adams and Jordan Brooks, two key players on the Seahawks defense, could miss the opener against the Rams. They're both dealing with injuries. And it's also possible Joe Burrow could miss the week three game against the Rams. I hear conflicting stories. It seems to change two or three times a week. He's looking good and then, oh, maybe not so much. Don't like to see great players hurt. But hey, if he's going to miss the week three game and then come back and be ready for weeks five, six, and seven when they play the Cardinals, Seahawks, and 49ers, you know, that wouldn't be exactly bad news for the Rams. The Bengals' backup quarterback right now is Trevor Seaman, but Jake Browning out of the University of Washington is making a strong push. So he could end up, Browning that is, playing a game or two at the start of the year if Burrow cannot go. One of the interesting questions McVeigh was asked after the Charger-Ram game, this question popped up, Are the Rams thinking about adding an interior defensive lineman or an outside linebacker? Obviously, due to the rather poor performance by those two units against the Chargers 
And it was typical McVeigh. He's not playing his hand. He wants to evaluate some more, which makes perfect sense. And as I've said time and time again, these NFL teams are constantly evaluating ways of improving their roster. Of course, the Rams are in a special situation dealing with their salary cap and not wanting to restructure this year. So they might possibly add somebody. They could possibly add someone similar to what they did at running back with Royce Freeman, wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, at cornerback Witherspoon, these mid-range free agents that are looking for work. Seems to me they could obviously add a big dude up front in the middle of that defensive line and maybe an experienced edge rusher who has a history of productivity. But I think they're going to wait another week or so, see how it works out with the guys they have. Real quick loop around the league, player performances of note. Jake Bobo, the UCLA wide receiver now with the Seahawks, three catches for 55 yards in a TD, a 29-yard TD. The Packers' new quarterback, Jordan Love, looked pretty sharp, 7 for 10 for 46 yards in a TD. The Buccaneer quarterback battle, John Wolford, 10 for 17 for 111 yards in a TD. Trask, 6 for 10 for 99 yards in an interception. And Baker Mayfield, 8 for 9 for 63 yards in one TD. I think it's going to be Mayfield and Trask. Wolford may end up on the practice squad. Wolford is just the epitome of these quarterbacks that just thrive in the preseason in real NFL game action. I don't think he's a guy you want to go to. The 49ers got trounced worse than the Rams, lost to the Raiders in Vegas 34-7. Sam Darnold 5-8 for for 84 yards. Trey Lance 10-15 for for 112 yards in a TD. Sacked four times, though. Now, I don't know the nature of those sacks, if it's poor offensive line play or a quarterback holding on to the ball too long. I'll have to go back and check the tape on that. Back to that Seattle game, Drew Locke, 17 for 24 for 191 yards, two TDs and an interception, and the Cardinals scored a touchdown and went for two with two seconds left, beat the Broncos 18 to 17. Russell Wilson played a little, Leighton Toon got the majority of the snaps for the cards. He's a quarterback the Rams apparently liked a little bit going into the draft. And finally, Jonathan Taylor expected back with the Colts this week. That's what I'm hearing. We're going to come back Thursday with our preview of the Ram Raider preseason game. Rams news and notes, of course. We may have another focus on a 2023 opponent. Then we'll come back Friday night with our fearsome four keys to the game, preseason, that's limited to the things we really want to see, not the keys to victory like we did last week. And then we'll come back with a recap right after the game on the YouTube channel. Please check it out. Subscribe and like those videos. Really appreciate it. going to do it for this episode remember you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com visit our website at ramsup.com and don't forget about our youtube channel our handle is at laramsup.com till next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there music courtesy of the youtube audio library 
Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe, Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamahama. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plastic-free 305.